What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 67.1. And we are continuing our playthrough of Radiant Historia, uh, the original and the perfect chronology version. Uh, today I have with me Matt. Hello. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're continuing through the timelines. Uh, I have finally ran into the third timeline. I had met the person who introduces it, but I hadn't hit it yet. Uh, and unfortunately in this episode, I'm not gonna be able to talk much about it because, well, I hit it and then it, it was a really long cutscene and I said, okay, I'll come back to this in a minute. And then <laughs> I, ke I kept on going with the other timelines. So, uh, yeah, um, last week I, left off. What, the ahead. first thing I want to say is I, the more I play this game, the more I like it. Good. The more the two s timelines are clear to me, what the differences in are and sort of how that matters is valuable. I think the way the characters are defined, they're maybe not the most complex characters ever, but they're very clear. Each, each character has, you know, their own role that they play. So that part of it sort of makes sense, and I kind of like their simple relationships with each other. And the whole, like, jumping between timelines and within timelines, it, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's just really, it's interesting how they handle that stuff. And yeah. the thing is, is you're going to see pretty much all of it because they make you go through all of them. Yeah, in that sense, it's not so much choose which timeline you want to do. It's it's kind of just choose how you do it, but you have to do both. Yeah. Or in your, your case, three, I guess. I don't think you have to do the third one because it's made clear. I will get into that, but it's made clear that this is kind of optional. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, last we left off, uh, I hit a roadblock in the standard timeline because I, we were trying to get to Grand Org. We ran into this traveling group of uh, entertainers. And uh, the Grand Org troops would not let us through because we couldn't prove that we were part of the act. So I need to learn how to sword dance. Just so happens that Rosh's group has a guy who knows how to sword dance. So I switch back to the other timeline and continue on there. Uh, with the alternate timeline, uh, we are still with Rosh's group instead of staying with the special intelligence. And Rosh has now received new orders. Uh, after the uh, victory at Alma Mine, they return back to uh, Alistair and Alistair. Al Alistel. That's how you pronounce it, right? <laughs> Alistel, I think. Alistel, yeah. yeah. I, I'm getting Alistair from Dragon Age mixed up with it. Yep. But yeah, um, we uh, go back and we receive new orders from not General Hugo, who is the guy, Raul, that's what it is, Lieutenant Raul, I think's his name. Yeah, I think so. Seems like a pretty good guy, uh, talks too much, but he tells us that uh, they want us to go down to uh, the Sand Fortress. Uh, particularly um, to send reinforcements because we just took the Sand Fortress back over and they think the Grand Org troops will probably be coming and hitting us again. Yeah, I had a problem when I... Because so I, I had picked... Uh, I, I didn't pick Roche first. I picked Heiss and sort of stayed with him the first time. So when I went back and picked Roche. I played his part of the story for a while and then made a wrong choice and got like a, a dead end to the story. But that was one of the first times in the game where they said, go back and replay. So I went and replayed, but I, I might not have picked the right place to replay from. And it doesn't actually tell you where you need to restart from. So I think at one point here, I went back too far, and I ended up replaying about a whole hour of something I had already played. Oh, man, I did that myself. And I, I wasn't sure. I'm like, 
what if I skip ahead, I might miss the part that I need to be at. So I'll just keep playing. And I was like, in the end, I was like, yeah, I, I definitely didn't need to play that much. And I only did because I wasn't sure where to jump back to. Yeah. So, and that's actually a really interesting mechanic because it allows you to grind. Yeah, absolutely. Like taking on the bosses again and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah again, as if it was the first time. Mm-hmm. Also, but, right before I stopped playing before this recording, they basically they tell you, yeah, you need to deliver this message. So I went back in time and started replaying. I interacted with the character I needed to interact with, and nothing happened. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do now. And then I had to go back and talk to that character again, and then it triggered, like, oh, this is your second time seeing the character, now you've got this extra information, and then it started to diverge. So so far I haven't had any problems, but I, the whole time I'm playing, I'm like, oh, I wonder what will happen if I didn't notice that I should have triggered something there. And what if I miss my trigger? Right. They do a pretty good job of giving you nodes, though. Yeah, yeah, they do. So it's it's not... It, it's easy to jump around to a different node if you think you're in the wrong one. Right. That's for sure. So uh, going back to uh, Rosh's timeline, we have orders to go to the Sand Fortress. Um, while we're, but before we go, we meet with General Hugo. General Hugo is what they call the mouthpiece of the Prophet. So we've been getting cutscenes of the tyrannical leader of Grand Org, the Queen, uh, who has basically ran her country into the ground. Um, and we're, we never is that, really... Is that Protea? Is it Queen Protea? Queen Protea, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we never really meet the leader, quote-unquote leader, of Alistair because it's the prophet. Prophet doesn't show himself much anymore. He has people speak for him. One of those people is General Hugo, who is, I guess, the top brass for the military for the country. And uh, we uh, meet up with him. He says he's impressed with our work. Good job at the Alma Obviously. Mine. <laughs> um, but uh, Raul, the guy who's giving Rosh his orders warns him of, hey, try not to make too many waves because General Hugo, he doesn't like when other people take the spotlight because it happened to Viola. Was that her name, Viola? Yep, and then Um, she got sent away. And then she got sent to the Sand Fortress uh, to basically, you know, nobody's, nobody's seen her for a while. Despite her like having all kinds of accolades and being very good, yeah, she, like, she got too too good, too much of the spotlight. Yeah, a decorated war hero who's like, yeah, we're just gonna send you somewhere else to the front lines to, I guess, hopefully get killed. I don't know. Yeah, probably. So um, he's like, just just try to keep a low profile for now. So we take our men and we go down to the sand fortress along the way. Uh, to which I, the, the whole time I'm thinking, I just need to make it, I just need to talk to Kiel. Cause Kiel is the guy, the kid who knows how to sword dance. And I just want to talk to him so I can continue on with the standard timeline. <laughs> but I swear, I'm like, when can I talk to this kid? And it just kept going and going and going. And, uh, I was like, well, I guess I'm stuck in the alternate timeline for now. <laughs> uh, yeah. and I just kept going. So we, uh, we're, we're doing this whole traveling thing. We run into, well, the thing is, we don't know we're going to the Sand Fortress. All we know is we need to meet an informant who's going to tell us where to go from there. So we go down to the woods, the, the Lavis Hills or whatever, uh, and we meet the informant. The informant is acting shady as hell. Um, but he's like, all right, you guys are going to the Sand Fortress. Um, just ahead there. And then... Um, Stock's like, okay, we're going to follow this guy because he was acting really weird. And everybody else is like, yeah, he was. He was acting really strange. So we follow him, and he's working for Heiss uh, as part of the special intelligence. 
and uh, he's like, uh, he's like, I knew you guys would follow me. And <laughs> it, it was almost like he was jealous of of um, stock. But he was like, he, he told him, he's like, look, you need to. He's like, uh, Heist wants you to come back, and if you don't come back, there'll be some bad consequences. <laughs> and uh, then he's like, he, he's like, you guys were all, you always thought you were better than I, everybody else. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I, like I didn't know where this was coming from. I don't think Stock did either, but he challenged us to a fight. And so we have a boss fight with him, which wasn't very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we beat him. He's laying there telling us a few things. Uh, and as he's kind of spilling the beans, we well, nobody hears it, uh, but there's like a unknown voice that says, you've spoken enough, you don't, you're no longer needed. And then somebody drains his life from him and he turns to sand. Yep. And they're like, what the hell just happened? It's like, it's like that sickness. But now we know that somebody's behind this. So we yeah, were, it's intentional. It's not just some plague. Yeah. So we return back to Rosh and uh, tell him, all right, we're going to the Sand Fortress. So we travel down south to the Sand Fortress. Um... Do we have another boss fight or no? Uh, I, I feel like within sort of getting to the Sand Fortress and then between the Sand Fortress and the the Grand Plain, between those areas, there's so many little boss fights. Yeah. Just, that are just sort of like com- commanders and a couple that were erased by me replaying and ended up not fighting them in their second playthrough. Uh-huh. And none of them were really that hard, but none of them were also that interesting. So I got a little turned around here and thought the Sand Fortress was to the west when I should have been going just north. And so I started going to the west and running into enemies that were fucking wrecking me. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I can't make it past this. Am I supposed to go, like, grind or something? Yeah, there are some... Like NPCs that tell you, "Hey, make sure you don't go too far west." <laughs> Apparently, those I didn't talk to will them. Kill you. <laughs> and so I, I was like, "Okay, I'm doing something wrong." So I was like, "Oh, let me go north." And I went north. And I'm like, "Oh, well, shit." <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Yeah. So, uh, and the thing is, is like, I I finally started looking at this. Uh, I don't know if it's on the DS version, but on the 3DS version, the bottom screen is a map. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to mention is this game is has as little dual-screen functionality as I've ever seen in a DS game. Yeah. There is... Uh, the second screen is literally just black 90% of the time. Well, in the 3DS, when they, they use it a little bit more, they give you a map, and the map's actually helpful because now I, I, I use my brain a little bit, and the map <laughs> will actually... It has a flag symbol that shows you this is where you probably want to check out. This is where you go to advance the story, basically. Ah, uh, that would be nice. Yeah, I know. Because um, th- this is, like, weirdly empty for a, a DS game. Yeah. I mean, this game could easily have been on something else. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh... Go into the Sand Fortress. We meet up with uh, the commander Viola, and uh, she's already getting ready. Look, we the the Grand Org forces are on their way now. We need to strategize, and so we're like, okay, well, Rosh is going to st- sit in on this uh, meeting while we go and uh, take a look around, and finally we go and talk to Kill, and uh, we train him in a little bit of sword fighting, and he trains us in uh, sword dancing. And I was like, great. So I immediately left this timeline. Oh, you didn't carry on? No, I didn't. Probably should have because I I, I actually would have hit a roadblock. Yeah. Is if I'd have kept going, I think there's something about bombs. Yep. And you can't find them. Yeah, you need to defend the the sand fortress, but there's nothing you can do because there's hidden bombs. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw that coming up kind of thing. So that I was about to hit a roadblock. Now it's not going to be a problem because I immediately switched over to the new timeline or the, the standard timeline. And uh, now that I can sword dance, we made it past the uh, 
the, the guards that were stopping us from getting into Granorg. Um, and uh, we stick around with the the troop a little bit. Uh, they uh, they invite us to stay and uh, have dinner with them in camp. So uh, we and I got lost as crap here, <laughs> trying to find where to camp. Oh yeah, when you had to go way south. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, where the hell is this place? Because I kept going to different areas, and you know the what, what's her name, the 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 little girl with the horns. Um, Ot. 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 She was like, not here. Not here. Where Meanwhile, you, you gotta fight all those stupid tigers and stuff. Yeah. Luckily, the 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 new version that I'm playing, the tigers didn't take three hits to stun. You just hit them once and they're stunned. <laughs> also, it would be nice. Yeah, no. They fixed a lot of stuff in the 3DS version. Yeah, and it seems like most of them are subtle things, but I think all of them collectively make it a much... Nicer experience. It's it's definitely a quality of life upgrade for a lot of stuff in this game. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, we get a little small little mission to where we have to go find firewood. Um, <laughs> we go find firewood and we need to find some meat to eat. Uh, luckily, we go into a boss fight with a wild boar, a giant boar. Um, this one was annoying because it had those freaking, uh, mushrooms that healed him constantly. Yeah. Uh, to which I was like, okay, all out attack on these freaking mushrooms. And I did. And I finally beat it the second time. I did die. Uh, have you died in this game? Like game? Uh, over? no, not other than when you're supposed wasn't there to a fight where you had to. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that fight, I haven't. So if you get a game over in this, they, they, they allow you to continue, but you have to use three of your mana crystals to do so. Oh. To which I'm like, I don't want to use up those mana crystals just in case I need them. Yeah, let me think about when my last save was. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> it was only ten minutes ago, I'll just do the save. Well, that's the thing is like, luckily they give you, even though they're not travel nodes, there are just save points everywhere. I mean, constantly popping up. Yeah. So I'm so happy that they do that. But I beat the beat that boss. We got wild boar meat out the wazoo. So we go back to camp. And um, oh God, what's her name? Alt out. Alt a h t. Yeah, Alt. She um she really likes um stock, and she notices that he has a special ability which we used to find the wood i forgot uh this um special ability is usually for her her race of people which i don't know what they're called but um they're like almost like beast people yeah they remind me of teeth teethlings from dungeons and dragons tieflings which are like they're like half demon half human um but uh, they they all have kind of like supernatural powers, um, spiritual powers, basically. And she realizes that Stock has some of these powers, too. And she awakens this ability to see things that possibly are hidden in the environment. So we just got our, our fix to our roadblock in the standard timeline. Or no, the alternate timeline. Al- alternate, yeah. yeah. Didn't Marco ask also if if she could teach him, and she's like, "Ah, uh, no, yeah, no, only you, stock, stock special." But you can't, yeah, you can't learn it. And he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> the, the the great thing is, is like everybody's voiced, and I really like the guy who plays Marco because he he comes off kind of like a almost a bit nerdy, yeah. But he's also like he, he seems like a sweet, genuine guy. Uh, but he he does because like, oh, can I learn it? She's like, no. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't get those voices. It's, it's so nice. I can just hit the, I can hit the, the Y button, and it just, I can just put the DS down. I don't even have to watch. I can just listen. It's so nice. So, um, but she also gives us something else. She gives us a white page. Uh, and it's from an old book. She says that it, it, oh God, what is it? She said that God will protect anybody who has this 
page. And she said, if anybody can will ever be able to meet God, it will be you. Mm. It was weird. Did you not get that? No, I did. I don't remember exactly what she said. Yeah, it was something to do with God. I've got a, we've got a couple of special items now. I think at this point in the game, I got one after this too. So I've got like three special items. I don't know how to use them, or what they are used for, or, or how to use them. Hmm. So I also got another special item that you did not get. So I run into the girl again. The uh, the girl with the uh, what did we say last time? She was wearing the uh, the, the Kentucky Derby hat. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nemesia is her name. Yeah. I ran into her again, and she gives me. She's asking questions again, and stocks being all reserved. But she's like, "Here, take this," and it is uh, it, it's some type of device. It's like a red. God, what is it? It's something red. It's like a red thing. I don't know what it is. I can't remember what it's called. But red, red wine? No. But uh, <laughs> uh, but she gives that to us and says, just hang on to that. It'll probably come in handy. And he's like, what the hell am I going to do with this? And she she, she runs off. Mm. Well, um, along the way, we're going to Grand Org the next day. Uh, and um, we run across a dead body. And um, everybody's like, oh, no, it looks like a beast killed him. And uh, little demon girl <laughs> walks up to it and does something, and the body disappears. And they're like, what did you do? She's like, I, I took it. I took it on. That's my job. And they're like, what? She's like, yeah. I, I don't know why. I just have to do that. So is she like a reaper? Mm. Good question. So uh, we uh, then travel forward, make it to Grand Org, and uh, we say goodbye to everybody. Um, Oct is not happy about it. She just runs off. She's going to miss stock. Do you think we're going to see them again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now we're in the city of Grand Oregon. We first thing we notice is like, man, this place is run down all to hell. And we walk around town and notice like there's just dead bodies laying in the street <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and people are not happy. Like the people of the city are like, man, screw the queen. She's she's treating us like garbage. Look at this place. Uh, but we have to run into our informant who we're supposed to meet in the town square. And this is where things change for me. So as I was on my way to go meet the informant, we get another node that pops up and that red object that, uh, Nemesia gave me starts to glow. We're like, what the hell? So we go back to Historia. Mm. Uh, when I go back to Historia, I then talk to, um, Lippy and Tio. Tio and Lippy. Yeah. And then uh, Stock's like, do you know what this is? And they're like, oh. So Nemesia visited you, did she? And he's like, who is this <laughs> Who is this person? She's like, oh, well, it's it's another person that we know. Uh, but, but, not, but not the evil Leaper. No. No, not the evil Leaper. And uh, he's like, uh, you can do whatever you want with it. It's not a big deal. And while they're talking to him, he then gets teleported somewhere. Uh, he gets teleported to a boat. Don't know what time period it is or anything like that, but he's on a boat now. And uh, he walks around and is like, I, where the hell am I? And uh, he meets up with uh, Nemesia. She's on the boat. She's like, this is my boat. Uh, thanks <laughs> for coming. Uh, I need your help with something. She's like, I'm trying to possibly save the world. And he's like, okay, well, I'm trying to do that too. She's like, oh, good. So we're, we have the same interest. I'm glad I trusted you. And, uh, she's like, okay, well, I need you to, and this is like a long cutscene. He's like, I need you to find these artifacts because I believe that these artifacts have the ability and the power to possibly change and alter the future. And hopefully it will stop from, turning into desert 
And she's like, all right, so will you help me? And then I have to choose yes or no, uh, to which I say yes. Would and anyone say no there? I don't, I, 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 I'm willing to bet no means, <laughs> oh, come on, please. And then you say yes or no again. <laughs> but, um, but it feels like this entire thing. So this timeline is called the possible timeline. So you have the standard timeline, the alternate timeline, and then the possible timeline. Um, but it feels like everything that I'm going to be doing in the, the way she talks, everything is going to be optional. You don't have to do any of this, or you can quote unquote do it at your own leisure. Hmm. So I don't know what she wants me to do as far as gathering these artifacts. She knows where one of them is. And the next time I talk to her, she will be telling me where it is and where I can find it. So th- does that mean it feels more like like it is bonus content? Because the first two timelines are very integrated into each other. Yeah. If you can do this at your own pace, it almost feels like you could just wait till after the game ended. Like it could be its own... DLC instead of like a a part of the story. From what I understand, from what Jay has told me, the possible timeline is supposed to be there to fill the player in on what's going on behind the scenes while you're doing the standard timeline and the alternate timeline. But see, if I heard that description, I would think, okay, I need to play certain parts of this at certain parts of the game so that I get the background when it makes the most impact, right? which is different than I'll get, I'll get background after the game ends, which if it's totally optional, you could just do that. that that's uh, To be honest with you, I don't know because that's as far as I got in the possible timeline. I will let you know in our next recording. I'm really curious because I feel like the more I play this, the more I'm like, man, I wish I could – I wish I could play the perfect chronology version. The perfect chronology version. This version that I'm playing is the best version of this game. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about it. And but. the fact that, the fact that even this base game, this old game with no voice acting and crappy cutscenes and no third timeline is still pretty good so far. Uh, you know, that, that has me excited about sometime trying the perfect chronology version. It's, I, still think this is a fantastic RPG. And it was one that a lot of people didn't play. And I think a lot of people should try it. You know, especially if you're into JRPGs. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's very, it's a very interesting game. I honestly, I can't remember half of it. <laughs> I like, this was God, eight years ago. I almost feel like if it didn't have the timeline aspect, it would come off a little generic. Like, yeah. oh, two warring factions, and you know, you're an agent, and there's an army, and you got to infiltrate a city. I mean, it's it's not original stuff, but the the characters I think are well done enough, or unique enough, and the sort of the time jumping is interesting enough that the whole package is pretty good, even if the the core story isn't. Right. So, um, if I were to go back to the standard timeline and then meet up with the informant, that would then transition me into chapter two of the standard timeline. Um, I was on my way to do that when I stopped. Um, so I know it feels like I, and I didn't put a lot of time into it. I, I wish I could have, but unfortunately I had multiple things going on on top of I had to review Far Cry 5 and Titan Quest and I put a lot of time into Far Cry 5 so I didn't have a lot of time to put into Radiant Historia this week but I'm going to try to do my best to at least I'm going to try to hit chapter 3 on all the timelines so we'll have a lot to talk about so I told you it was going to be a 30 minute episode (laughs) (laughs) Um, is there anything you want to mention Um, most of the stuff I wanted to mention is in sort of the section that we'll cover next week okay so you're you're about halfway through chapter two in both timelines I guess yeah I think so probably another two hours past where we are so um, 
It's weird. And it's too. good. I mean, yeah. again, I, I don't have anything specific to say other than that, you know, the, the timelines themselves are kind of crystallizing a little bit. Like, oh, I understand that we have different goals now. You know, each, each timeline has its own goals and its own really set of characters. And the way that that's you get to play through two different alternate timelines. I, I mean, I, I know there are alternate timelines even from the beginning, but the fact that they're not just mirror versions of each other, they're two whole different timelines near each other. I, it's interesting because, you know, w- one of the things that I, I always find fascinating in life is just, you know, what what happens if you went back in time and, and chose something different? Like how much I was, we were just, I was just talking about this at dinner a couple hours ago, actually, you know, what would happen if you had took taken a different job? You know, and you didn't work with the people you work with or didn't know the people you know or moved out of state when you had an option. You know, your whole life could be different and you don't really know exactly what that would entail because you didn't make that choice. So it, it this game's kind of interesting because, you know, whenever there's a time travel story, I'm always wondering, all right, what type of time travel is this? And the fact that these different timelines are are so parallel to each other instead of completely divergent. You know, in, in some senses, two different timelines could have two totally different sets of characters and there would be no crossover whatsoever. And the fact that there is so much crossover, I wonder if that means anything or, you know, just the fact that there is a common ish goal and there's just two different ways to get there. Mm-hmm. In some ways, maybe it's almost like, you know, we, we've talked before about the illusion of choice. Right. You know, and maybe something's going to happen in this game and it doesn't really matter what faction you're with, whether you're with Heist or you're with Roche and the same thing's going to happen regardless. And that's a much different type of time travel and a much different type of multiple universe theory as completely divergent one. So, yeah, it's interesting. The more the more that they establish, even if it's in a direction that I do or don't like, you know, it's interesting that they're at least making choices towards what type of time travel this universe has. So what would you compare this to as far as some, another medium might make it be like a movie or something like that? Uh, because they're so close. The first thing that I, that I thought was just Steins gate, because that's almost always the first time. First thing I think about because, because in Steins gate, you know, you're jumping between world lines and, they're not huge differences and they also converge often. So in Steins Gate, you're often trying to escape fate by jumping to a different timeline where something doesn't happen. But you know what? That thing kind of still happens. <laughs> it may not happen the same way. It may not happen at the same time, but it still happens. Right. And the fact that there's so much overlap in this game kind of makes me feel like well, it, it's different because you don't. It's not like you're playing. You're not choosing to play one over the other, and the same thing might happen in the end. But you're kind of playing both, which maybe maybe makes it more likely that the same thing's going to happen in the end. Right. I feel like so. I, I now, now that you're getting into that, and and I'm thinking about it, the closest thing I can compare this to is. And I thought it was an okay movie. I didn't think it was the greatest. Was the butterfly effect? Yeah, because so basically that's like the time stream theory, right? Where uh, no, go ahead. never mind. Go ahead. I was just going to say where you know where, where things always converge, but again, that's more Steins Gate, not so much the butterfly effect. So the reason why I compared it to the butterfly effect is because you know Ashton Kutcher is going back and changing things in his own life. And that's basically what Stock is doing. He's going back and making different decisions in his, his different decisions in his own life and he's seeing how that plays out. Well, like Yeah, and it, yeah, that's right. In the, in that movie the same thing kind of happens, right? Yeah. Things thing he it always ends up turning negative. Sometimes the 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 issue is, is or, or the different types of like time travel stuff that I think of. So like, if you think about it, 
I mean, Back to the Future is a little bit like that because Marty is, is messing up his own life, but he's also changing major things around him. So I look at time travel like either A, I change, I go back in time and change something about my own life, or B, I go back and change the world. Yeah. And it's either you are, you're a player in your own life or you're a player in the world's timeline rather than your timeline. While yep. in the butterfly effect, it was mainly just him screwing up his own life. Yep. And, and, and to I, me, that, that again, that's the, kind of the time stream where no matter what you try to change, it all comes back to where it, you know, the time should be, right? Yeah. So, and that's where, you know, in the butterfly effect, I, I still, I thought that movie was decent until I saw that alternate ending and I'm like, damn, that's awesome. What was the alternate ending? So the normal ending, I think, was when he went back to when he was a child and screamed at that girl and said, get out of my life. Yeah. Because no matter what I do, I keep messing everything up. So you're going to be better off if you just never become friends with me. Nothing. We never interact ever again. I, I need to diverge from you because otherwise I know what the outcome is going to be. In the alternate, <laughs> the alternate version that I saw is a, a cut scene to him in the womb where he basically wraps his umbilical cord around his neck and kills himself before he's born. That's the Donnie Darko effect. Basically, you know, he he's stuck in this time. He, he's stuck in an alternate time that is wrong and the only way to fix it is to make sure he dies. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about Steinsgate as well. There's, you know, there, there's a one part where there's a loop that happens and they can't get out of it. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, let's not get into Steinsgate cause I, I do want to eventually play <laughs> that game. Um, but yeah, no, it's I don't I don't know. Thinking about that, I was like, there are different categories of of time travel. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I've always loved um, Twelve Monkeys. Not yeah. because I I think that's the most interesting type of time travel, but just because it's such a self contained, unique vision of time travel where there aren't loops. There's only one shot, and everything happens. You know, the t time all happens at once, essentially, is my take on that movie. Yeah, that one, to be honest with you, I had a hard time following that movie for the longest time. Yeah. Because I was like, what? Wait, what? Uh, but, yeah, it's, I mean, after seeing it again older, you know, I saw that movie when I was like 14. And I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on in this movie. It's weird. Yeah. And Bruce Willis is insane. I thought that you can't change anything because anything that you could change already has happened. Yeah. So every possibility has already happened. So you're you're in the ultimate timeline. <laughs> yeah, which means that there there is there aren't multiple lines. There's only the one, and you know that that was so different than most of the other versions I had ever seen at that time. Right. Did I ever tell, so, did I ever tell you about my beef with Back to the Future? No, I don't think so. Okay. So, Back to the Future is probably one of my favorite trilogies of all time. I absolutely love those movies, but there is a major problem. <laughs> and the problem is, at the end of Back to the Future Part 1, Doc comes back from the future. And he gets Marty and Jennifer and says, you got to come with me to the future because we have to fix something that's wrong with your kids. And then they time travel to 2015 and Back to the Future 2 begins. My issue with that is, is that when they arrived in 2015, he had just changed history. So when they arrive in 2015 and they go ask around and say, hey, where's Marty McFly? They'll be like, we don't know. Marty McFly jumped into a car back in 1985 and disappeared off the face of the earth. And we, nobody's seen him since. Yep. That's a problem. 
you don't go to the future to fix a problem and then come back to the past. That's not how it works. Doc could have easily went back to 1985 and said, hey, your kids are going to screw up. Your son is going to get involved with, I guess, Biff's grandson, and uh, he's going to get arrested. Make sure that doesn't happen. Boom, you just changed the future. Yep. And I was just like, man, that makes no sense. Uh, I love those movies, and I still do. I I recently rewatched them with my fiancé. And she absolutely loved them. We sat there and watched the whole thing in one day. The whole trilogy. The whole trilogy. Oh, nice! Because she bought it. She bought uh, the uh, the thirtieth anniversary uh, on Blu-ray for me for Valentine's Day, no less. And um, it sat there on the shelf for like a month. And I was like, "Hey, you want to finally watch Back to the She never seen it before. And uh, she's like, "Yeah." And so uh, we sat down and watched the first movie. And she's like. So I kind of want to watch the second one now, and I was like, "All right, we'll do we'll do a marathon," and uh, we 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 loved them, you know. Uh, but I was I was even pointing out to her the the biggest thing was was in Back to the Future. We we just saw Back to the Future one, and I immediately put in Back to the Future Part Two, and Jennifer is different. They they replaced the actress. <laughs> to which she's like, oh, is this like some weird timeline where it's a different Jennifer? I'm like, no, no, no. You're looking too deep into this. <laughs> no, they just they just change actresses because of money. But, uh, yeah, that's a huge plot point that always kind of bothered me. Was that, you know, you don't go to the future to, to change something. Yeah, I mean, I when it comes to time travel, I'm always you know, most interested in sort of the looping and how the looping works and, you know, can you change things or not? And so, I I don't know, one of the biggest beefs I've had recently with any kind of time travel was in Harry Potter. You told Uh, me about this, yeah. Yeah, I think it's the Prisoner of Azkaban. And I... I, Was it Prisoner of Azkaban? It's whatever one they used the time turner in. I know. I, I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, and I just hate the fact that there is no loop, and basically, it's it's like they they half-assed between any kind of looping time travel and twelve monkeys, and just said, "Well, it was there the first time, the first pass through." Yeah, you just didn't realize it. Yeah, you just didn't realize it. I mean, yes and no. I mean, you got to look at it through the perspective that we're watching it. So we're basically watching the version of time where things have already been fixed. But then in order to make sure things have fixed, we have to go back in time again. It is that weird loop of everything's well, – yeah. I don't but know. there's nothing else to indicate that you're not in sort of the first or the the prime timeline. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So it's it it just seems too convenient to me to just say oh yeah well it, yeah this is the time travel basically answers the fact that this doesn't make any sense it's basically like if if we watched Back to the Future Part One and we we were we were seeing little hints of Marty from Back to the Future Part Two in nineteen fifty five. Like changing things to make sure, like you know, everything from Back to the Future Part One happens. Yeah, it, it that would be weird and it would be confusing, but it, I think it would work. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass right now. I don't know. That's I don't know. I feel like t- if, if you're gonna do time travel, you need to put enough thought into it that it is cohesive. Well, and it you know like within your rules. Is makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I get it because I I I'd never seen the Harry Potter movies up until like you know a few years ago, and me and a buddy just like sat down and watched all of them on Blu-ray, and I we got to that part in that one movie, and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But you know, when well, you sit back and think about it, you're like, well, why would they do that? Yeah, I still haven't seen the movie, so I don't know how it's handled in the movie. I've oh, only read the book. Oh, you read the book. Okay. Well, it's it's, it's a lot like that, I, I guess. I don't know much difference from the book. I never read the books, but it's basically like, you know, there's small things of 
what was that sound? Well, it was actually, you know, Hermione distracting somebody. Yeah. And it was, she was doing it for a reason. But the thing is, is like, from our perspective, we're watching the timeline that is fixed. That is, that is the right timeline. To which when you get to that point where they time travel back in time to fix stuff, why, they have no reason to time travel back in time. Because it's already, yeah. already in the fixed timeline. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I guess I need to watch it again. If if there's enough hints that it's not the primary timeline, then I'm probably okay with it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's a, it's a but hard I one. also have no idea what this game is going to do as far as time travel. What are what are the effects? What are the consequences? What are the rules? Because right now there doesn't really seem to be any rules. There there really isn't. You could do whatever you want as often as you want, and nobody cares. Yeah, you know, you could die a million times and then just get it right on the millionth and first first time, and be fine. Well, technically, stock cannot die. That is one rule: is that if stock dies, then you know he can't go back in time and stop himself from dying. Yeah, so he can die. That would just be really shitty if he did. Yeah, he, well, he'd be he'd be dead. That'd be the end of his time. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that there is that one rule, but that's pretty much it. Um, I like I said, I can't remember. I can't remember half this game, but I I I get the sore feeling that you're gonna have two timelines, and you're gonna get the okay. Here's how you know this one ends, and this is how this one ends. Which one do you like better? Yeah. I I get the feeling that's what's going to be the ending. So anyway, well that's it for us. There are no emails this week. Make sure to send us some emails. It's Drew at ztgd dot com. You can follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ztgd phoenix down. Um, yeah, that's basically it. I'm going to play some more of this game. I, I'm going to make a conscious effort. So, Do you have any more review games this week? No, I'm done with review games as of right now, and I feel bad for Ken because he has like five. <laughs> so I need to actually help him. Take one. Yeah, yeah, I need to help him. He wanted me to do Detective Pikachu, and I was like, I, I no. <laughs> I really, really don't want to do that game. So... He's doing that, and he's like, I don't want to fucking do it either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, well, that's it for us. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, but until next week, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week, great Easter if you celebrate it. Uh, find you some candy inside some eggs. Um. And I don't I celebrate the resurrection of Christ. I don't know. Um, however, you, however you do it, or if you don't celebrate, it, happy Sunday to you. So uh, yeah, that's it. You guys have a great one. We'll be back next week with the continuation of Radiant Historia.